You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Here we are. My name is Deontay Damper. My pronouns are he, him, his, and welcome to We Live in Color. When we talk about this platform and where we're at, first of all, I'm so grateful to be here on Converge, but when we talk about the diaspora of Black, sometimes there's a big separation between the LGBTQIA community and in our community, let alone in the LGBT community, there's a difference between Black folks and white folks. Here, we're going to bring it full circle. I'm so happy to be here on this platform because now community will be able to bring, 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 build their own table. And what I mean by that is there is a diaspora of lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, trans, queer, and intersex, as well as asexual people in our community that are black and queer. And we need to create that platform. So the first episode today is called We Are Here, What Took So Long? And I had to pick a really unique guest for my, as my first guest. So I want to open, open it up to my boy, O. What's up, O? Deontay, man, well, you've been here before, yeah. but never in this capacity. So welcome as a host here to the Black Media Matters Studios. I'm a host, mama. I made it. I'm a host. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, this, this show was years in the making. Absolutely. You know, we've been talking about this for over two years, saying, how can we create space for this community? And, you know, I'm glad that we stayed after yeah, it. And, stayed and right now. stayed ac- active and still stayed in contact. And it's so funny. This very day, today is the anniversary, for those who don't remember, this is the day where George Floyd was murdered. And right around that time, like, Converge was already trying to do calls to action trying to find community to get together. You want to say a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I mean, and the thing is, so what, what the pro, the protests, of course, taught us all a lot, yeah. but I was ignorant, especially around the issue of like black trans, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I mean, people people know, we'll talk about it later in the show, you know, my, my brother Harm came out in the eighties, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, I've been aware of, of gay, and, and uh, the LGBTQ community and everything else, but it wasn't until the protests where you're like, black trans lives matter too. And I was hearing that and I was, you know, it, it was a light bulb that went off. It was like, yo, there's more going on in this community than I know about. And I don't have the capacity or the expertise to be able to to talk about it fully, but we do have the capacity here on the platform. Absolutely. And, you know, honestly, that was a learning experience for you, but it was also a learning experience for me. You know, as a as a gay queer person, gay man in community, sometimes like in my community, sometimes we, we're not thinking about the safety of other sectors of our community. So I'm talking about our women and those who identify as and our trans community members and non-binary people. We needed to f- figure out what that safe space looked like. So it took those type of learning experience, hum- humbling ourselves to even look and see what that looks like for our community. So, yeah. And, you know, um, Another big learning experience for me around the community as well. And I've, I've just learned a lot about a particular community in the community. Yeah. Where you talk about, like, like I said, the black trans community and taking black uh, pride and going there in the interviews and talking with them. That it, it is 
different subsectors that additionally hit them all over it's through society, economic opportunities, access opportunities, education opportunities, health, health things and everything else. And I continue to learn. I yeah. think that's the best thing. I just continue to learn. And we can't say that black media matters. And we can't say that that the value of black lives are important. And we can't uplift blackness a la carte. You know what I'm saying? We we have to we have to take everybody with us. Right. And uh, and being open in the spaces of learning. And that's the whole diaspora. And, no, I was, I'm sorry. I was just gonna ask you a yeah. question though. I'm glad that we're here and I'm glad that you're here with us. Thank you. But why do you think that it's it's taken so long? And I know that was one of the main question in this episode is what about. took so long. Yeah. I think it we had to take a step back. Like in community, we had to take a step back. We've seen what happened. There were riots. There was racial injustice happening. I don't know if anybody else went through, but raise your hand in the chat if you ever went through a pandemic. I mean, we were going through some things. Our mental health was in jeopardy. And when I watched what happened with my community members that identified as LGBTQIA, they were around rallying for us for uh, utilizing our stories for grants, but not showing up for us. As community members were working at nonprofits round the clock during the pandemic, we're making 40 grand a year while the ED's sitting at working from home and we're working our behinds off. Um, throughout, I'm just keeping it real. That's not no shade towards any organization. It's just real. It's a wear and tear that it put on a, a lot of us. Um, and I think what took so long is for us to really look at, even through all of the things that we've been through, no matter if you're heterosexual or not, or, or, or in our community, um, when it really comes down to it, we wanted to start, I wanted to figure out a platform for people to start showing up. How can we start advocating for those community caseworkers? How can we start advocating for organizations like the Lavender Rights Project who got it going on right now with the work that they're doing? How are we advocating? How are we advocating for our black lesbian women in our community who, who could constantly go overlooked, um, overlooked in their, their spaces of advocacy work. And let's not even get on our, our trans women, men, and our binary people in community uh, who, are who are used to are tokenized, but not uh, put in the spaces of safety. So that's what, like, I think that that's what took so long as making sure that the platform is safe for everyone mm -hmm. was the main, main space. You know, you bring up something interesting that, like I said, it's a constant learning process. Yeah. But like, coming from the neighborhood and when when you look at like the LGBTQIA community as a whole from a distance, a lot of times we see a very it's prosperous or inclusive community and everything else. But a lot of times what I'm what I hear yeah. in some cases is that people maybe like yourself are, are are on the front line and a lot of resources. So, so here's one thing that Converge has stayed away from, right? Yeah. Is man, there's a lot of people who reach out to us and they want us to come and talk to their people or be on a board or do this and do that and everything else. But we spend a lot of time researching and we say no 99% of the time because we have to look at the company or, or the organization and see what their real life track record is with black folk. Yeah. And it's like, so now you got some big old grant or you got some funding or you've had funding for 20 years. And then we look and see that one or 2% of your actual funding is reach people in our community. Yeah. And now you want to reach out to me so I can give you a stamp of approval so you can get more funding that diverts my community. Right. Is that and, something? And, and the thing about it is the, 
our, our, our black black and brown brothers and sisters from the other organizations look at it that way, but we've been screaming for, a lot of community members have been screaming for help. So creating this platform is gonna give a better opportunity for people to hear our stories, for uh, to hear their stories as well, Way better ways to advocate. I think um, advocacy is not, it's not just Pride Month community. It's not just when we celebrate because the people that are putting on these community events during Pride, we are going through, people are going through some things. You know, we want to make sure that we're in a space where we're, where we're in a safe space all the time, let alone don't write, write, come reach out to me just during the policy. How can you help me grow as a community person? So, and it just, and just to parallel that, yeah. but it's parallel but different, is almost like during Black History Month, we get so many inquiries. You know, we told people this year that if you didn't reach out to us by December or January, like first week of January, we wasn't putting nothing on air for you for Black History Month. Because yeah. people was trying to hit us, you know what I'm saying, real quick, right before February 1st. I got to add, can we do this? Can we die? I said, man, let's talk March 1st. Yeah. Because it's almost performative. And then it's like, okay, let's uplift this community right here with this small budget to show people that they actually that we care, you know, and they don't, it's not a track record to it. Are you saying that it's something similar there in community where, you know, you, you get uplifted and then ignored? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been a part of organizations. Once Pride Month went in, what went, went in, they were like, okay, well, we don't need you no more. <laughs> or, or, okay, minimize the gay, the gay-ish for a little bit. Like, minimize yourself now. There's no need to talk about there's no need to talk about HIV. We've already celebrated Pride. There's no need to talk about prevention and community. We've already celebrated Pride. You've already had your month. I was a part of different organizations where it was it was so Pride. Pride is when you're going to do the work. But after that, we kind of want you to be a little silent. And and I I remember how hurtful that was to me and other queer community members that had other other sectors that we had to do calls to action to. It was so interesting, although um, keep in mind that was the year of 2020 uh, when George when tragic things happened to George Floyd. But keep in mind, um, that was one of the most uh, the, one of the, the, the things that stick out for me during that year is that was one of the most craziest months, uh, years when uh, trans women were getting killed. Yes, like you know, yes, and I didn't was. see no community leaders talking yes. about pay the fee there. I didn't talk, I didn't see anybody asking for community, like asking how can I show up for this community, and that was hurtful. And I even had to step back in my in myself to figure out how I can better salute my community, my community members that identify as trans and the ones that we've lost um, over over the past over that past year. So that's another thing to look at. Like if you are a community activist or it hurts you when 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 um when George when the police is standing on a a black man's neck, you should be the same damn way when it comes down to when when queer people or and trans people and lesbian women and gay people and non-binary people are out there being harassed and killed. A young boy, I can't his name's not not placing in my mind right now in Alabama, committed suicide at the age of 18 because he was so tired of being harassed every day at school because he was queer. And that also happened in 2020. So when I look at that, I'm like, where is the community advocacy towards yeah. that? I think that I think that it's too, it's really multi-layered discussion. I can't believe you yeah. set this show it's for 30 minutes. It's, it's, a, um, it's a layer. It's a layer well, to it. Well, because one thing that I hear you saying for sure is that within our black community. You know, let's just be clear. Yeah. What I what I hear you saying is in our black community as well, 
we've been a la carte on what black lives matter. Absolutely. And that's not all right. You know what I'm saying? And we can't, we can't sit there in our community for one, before we even look at, at how these other communities is doing us in an even bigger way, but we can't in our own community say that your black life matters because you're straight, but now it becomes, oh, well, he was gay or yeah. they, they was trans. And so we cannot marginalize the value of a life based upon our orientation. And that's not okay in our community or any community. Yeah. And, and, the, and the main thing about it is we just need community members to unlearn the behavior. There is a lot of homophobic and transphobic undertones while working with some of these organizations. But the main thing about it is and why this platform is here. When we are saying we live in color, we are one, we black first. That's the one. Two, there's a lot that, you, that community has to unlearn in the areas when it comes to um, homophobia, transphobia, religion, and that'll be an episode two, um, where we're going to have to show people why we live in color and how we live in color. Right now, we'll just go to a break. Um, right now, you're watching We Live in Color. Everyone's invited to the prom. From the creators of the Book of Mormon, Elf and the Drowsy Chaperone, the prom is a musical comedy about big Broadway stars on a mission to change the world and the love they discover that unites them all. The Prom makes you believe in musical comedy again. So full of happiness that you think your heart is about to burst. Everyone deserves a chance to celebrate. On sale now. Tickets at fifthavenue.org. As a non-binary black femme, a lot of my identity is rooted in body. Once the vaccine was introduced, it was really difficult to think in terms of safety as well as autonomy. As a black American, the relationship with government is very complicated. It's hard to trust. A lot of these conspiracies are really impacting people making a decision, especially with black folks, to be clear about what we're doing. I think it's just a well-rounded conversation to see what's best for us. I love clapback culture. Hey, y'all, welcome back. <laughs> this is Deontay Damper, and we are here in We Live in Color. Like, share the stream, y'all. Like, share the stream. <laughs> you know, you, you got you to gotta hit them with the big old man. Share the stream. Oh, hold on. Do it. Hold on. Let me do it. Share the stream. I'll do it like a preacher and put the ah. <laughs> Hey, uh, I know it's your show. Yeah, I, I have a question. Well, actually, I want to preface something for you here. Now, of course, you're coming over here. There, there's people watching either now in this live show or they're watching replay who know you and know your history and everything else. And I'm fortunate enough to been knowing you for a long time. Yeah. But it's a lot of people who will be tuning in who are like, OK, this is cool. But who is Deontay Damper? That's a good question. <laughs> uh, you know, because honestly, to be honest, there was a point of time where I didn't know who I was. I grew up here in the South End of Seattle. You'll hear that a lot. Um, but I could be black in the South End, but not queer. And then I would go to Capitol Hill and try to be, and be queer, but there's nothing there for me that looks like my culture. So I spent a lot of time trying to find out who I was. It wasn't until 2013 where I, where I was diagnosed with HIV in 2013 and it, People, people can look at that as a downplay, but HIV saved my life. And what I mean by that is learning how to advocate for community. So I moved back home. I, I joined the NAACP as the first ever LGBTQ chair. They never had one in their nation's history. 
And I just started, and, and I started doing my groundwork at Pocan. Um, Simone, you got a montage of that? I can talk talk over that after. Um, and community leaders just started reaching out, and the, and, the, and the main thing of just trying to create more advocacy for our community. The main goal was to learn how to protect, educate, and build um, when it came to inclusivity to our community members. Um, currently, right now, I'm still uh, the vice president of WA Therapy Fund and currently working as a community organizer for Vocal Washington, which advocates for people with substance abuse use, uh, substance abuse use as well as HIV. And I'm also a person in recovery. But we can get into that in some other episodes as well. That's a lot. It's a lot. But you want to make sure you want to get to know me? Well, here I am. Why I live in color. You'll see right. why. And you're a big HIV um, awareness and advocate. Yeah. And uh, I, I always try to get the words right with these things because there, there's also, there's, there's clearly there's HIV prevention. Yes. But then what I came to learn is as well is that, man, there's people that are living and thriving with HIV. Absolutely. Like yourself. And so there's a whole nother part of the conversation is like, you know, with, and one of one of the, it's your show. I gotta be quiet, so I let you talk. But one of the things with me, some of the feedback that I got is whenever I speak, like I said about my brother. My brother passed away two thousand and five, uh, HIV AIDS, and we'll we'll talk about him a little bit later here. But I use my platform in uplifting that it's like, yeah, and yeah, it's not shame because you know so many people, and that's stigma and shame leads to a lot of bad things. You know what I'm saying? And being able to, to speak proudly about my brother and speak unashamed of, of, of how he passed, that's important where somebody like me with my platform, who's not in the community, you know, in the LGBTQIA community, that it's like, yeah, man, let's let's get away from the stigma. We have to get away from the stigma. Uh, prevention is so important. And the thing about it is a lot of community members don't know uh, about PrEP. Uh, they don't know about PEP, and those are things that can pre prevent people from catching it. And I think that it's really important oh, uh, why we are on this platform. We will have some uh, community members from Fred Hutch come on here and talk a little bit more about how we can work on getting prevention out there to South King County. Because keep in mind, all the resources, has anybody ever noticed that all the resources for HIV prevention and, uh, and substance use, all the, all the resources are all out there in the north? But when you look out there in the South King County, we don't have any. In the meantime, Federal Way is the number one in overdoses out there. These are conversations that we have to be having in this platform. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So let me ask you this. is, And you said that HIV, but because it turns your focus now into helping others. It taught me how to love myself and how to show up authentically for others. Um, wholeheartedly. Um, and I lost, I lost family members uh, that died of AIDS. And, and I don't think that they had the right tools of people showing up for them. So once I found out that I had it, there had to be, I had to create a different pathway. Learning how to be that voice of, yes, I have HIV and God is, and, and I'm saved. And, and God still loves me. The first place I ever went to to ever disclose my status was inside of my church in New Hope Baptist Church. Played a video and they seemed, I was on it. There wasn't a dry out in the house. And I said, you know, for years, I didn't know how to come back in a church, but this is the best way. I had 80 year old women going into Pocan to take an HIV test. 
<laughs> that's a big deal. That means community voices matter. Um, and, and at the end of the day, my life matters. And I think that that was the one thing that I really just appreciated about, uh, about <laughs> this compass called life, I would say. And you also said that you're in recovery. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and recovery has not was not the easiest thing because I'm going to keep it, keep it all the way funky. Um, you know, the pandemic hit me and I didn't know how to handle it. What you mean? I'm in the house. I can't go advocate for other people. I didn't know how to show up for myself. And I'm very grateful. I'm just going to look in the camera. I'm very grateful for my friends and my family. And the reason why I'm telling this story is because just because you see me in this space doesn't mean that everything has been all perfect. No, I'm just like some community members that sit in isolation. And um, I just want to make sure that I'm the voice for them. And um, I just want to thank community for the community members that did know that stood up for me and showed up for me. And I want to continue that voice. Yeah, I just, I think that it's important that, that we leave space and grace for our, for our community members. You just never know what people are going through. You never know where they're at. And the best of all, you never know what they're capable of. The greatness is still inside right? of them. Absolutely. And that's exactly what this platform is going to do for our community members. We have so many community caseworkers, peer navigators, um, artists, uh, rappers, singers, um, church members that go through these spaces of isolation and I want to create this platform for us to give these people their roses here and show their colors here. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey there, it's Trey Holiday. And of course, Vesa and I had to take a trip back to Market Street Shoes to grab some items. They always know what to show us. And let me tell you, we both spent quality time to be sure we collected some amazing additions to our wardrobes. They have some of the most unique bags, shoes, and accessories. I mean, the whole shebang. It's always a good time when I get to shop with my girl, Faisa. Make sure you go check out Market Street Shoes, y'all, and you too can walk out with some dope gear. Welcome back, everyone, to We Live in Color. I am Deontay Damper, your host. Now, this is probably going to be my favorite part of each episode, so I want to share it with you if that's okay. You know, we are all not standing here by chance. Some of us that live in color have a gay mother, that gay daddy, or community leader that helped pave the way. So to end each episode, I will be asking a guest to share who assisted them with leave, living in color. And today we're going to start with Reverend Gwen, Gwen Hall. Now, Reverend Gwen Hall was around here during the 90s in the middle of uh, the, the pandemic that's still going on called HIV, marrying same-sex couples when it wasn't, when, when it quote-unquote wasn't legal. We, I just, her community advocacy is, it goes unmatched. Oh, you remember this lady, don't you? Yeah. Young lady, don't you? Yeah, no, so um, Reverend Hall, and this is something, so the best thing that we could ever do is like, man, we just got to put it out there, the good, the bad, the ugly, and that's the best way to move past it. And it's good that you, like you said, you're able to get into your church, and, and that, that was part of your, your your basically your rebirth of, of things. It wasn't always like that. In our community here in Seattle and Black communities across America, that, you know, if if your your child was, was gay and if your child died of AIDS, it's a lot of Black churches 
they, they wouldn't give no funeral. Yeah. And that's real. And, you know, I mean, it's great that a lot of things have changed in our community over the years, but there's a lot of black churches in our community where, man, you couldn't, if, if your child was, was, was gay and, and, and like I said, died of HIV or something, you couldn't get no funeral. Yeah. And uh, Reverend Hall was one of the people, you know, whether it was Marion or Berrien, Reverend Hall was somebody who showed up for community. That is deep. And we appreciate you, Reverend Hall. And we thank you. And thank you for teaching us how we to live in color. This person needs no introduction, Miss Vicki Williams. Vicki Williams was one of the matriarchs of starting ProCan as well as advocating organiz- uh, after, after programs called Brother to Brother and Sister to Sister, Sister to Sister. Also, Vicki owned Libs Bookstore, which is still alive and thriving today. Uh, they still do community events. Vicki Williams, we could not do it without you. Thank you for helping us live in color. Next, we have Cabby Mitchell III. Cabby Mitchell was in the spaces of arts. When we talk about arts, we talk about PMB. Wasn't he the first? So Cabby Mitchell was the very first black dancer at the Pacific Northwest Ballet. And let's not forget, remember Black Nativity? Mm. He was he helped choreograph Black Nativity. And I'm tell, shout out to Leah LaBelle, RIP, who is a great ally to our community. So when I think about uh, Black Nativity, she's one of the people I think about in that space. So, Cabby, for the work that you do, um, the work that you've done in community, while we have so many now, it, we have so many Black dancers out there in PNB. Shout out, Amanda. We want to thank you for helping us live in color. This last one, oh, I... Strongly believe I want to let you take this one. I think you got this. You know, it's it's just can't be crying too much on air, man. <laughs> I think that and one, first of all, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for for uplifting my brother here on your show. Um you know, I tell the I tell the story, and this is why this is, is important to me, and this is why you know, like I said, two year conversation. This is authentic. This is that we're we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. You know, I told him my brother. He he came out like he came out in the eighties, man, and when nobody man, the Central District was harsh. You was black and gay. Yeah, you weren't finding no community there, and like I said, Capitol Hill. Man, you know, supposed to be the capital for, you know, it was really like, you know, a a stronghold for that community, but not for black folk. And so so my brother wasn't um, wasn't accepted fully there in the black community, nor in the gay white community on Capitol Hill. And um, the, the the network, the resources and all these things that are here today, they're no longer here. I mean, they weren't they weren't here then. Mm-hmm. You know, my brother, he passed away in 2005, like I said, uh, of HIV AIDS yeah. 17 years ago. But the the miracle, the 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 beauty in this moment is, is we would have never thought in 2005, we would have never thought that we, we arms names been said more in the last yeah. two years all Absolutely. across this city than like, yo. And so it's, it's just real special. And that's why I say this important because you know what? We show up. It don't matter to me. Yeah. It don't matter to me. It 
with your your orientation, how you get down or nothing. What matters to me is just your character, man. And and that's why it's important here on the Converge Media Network and the Black Media Matters Studio that we do not limit our community members based upon who you love. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, oh, you you tell me this story all the time. And and shout out to the Salisbury family, Reverend Walton. Love y'all. Um, one of the things, the story that you tell me that always stands out is like when you were a baby that um, you never walked because Hiram was oh. holding, he was always holding you, right? And it's so funny because now he may not be here in the flesh, but you are holding him up as you are walking through your path. And not just you, Con, Con, um, your mother, like it just, it, it, it just, just watching y'all hold him up is, is just, it's just a whole full circle. So I appreciate y'all sharing him with community and we will continue to lift his name up in this, in this community uh, would not be standing here in, in this platform. If it wasn't for people like him and the people that we've named. Thank you. Can I say one more thing Absolutely. Here real quick? I know you got a, you're a timely brother. <laughs> is that my brother was loved. He was loved. And, you know, and I, and I say that and it's hard. It's 17 years later. It's hard for me to speak about him and not get emotional because the love is never diminished, you know, and it's just um, he was loved. And this is a testament And this this show and, and all the other things that we do in community is a testament to him. And I'll, I'll give it right back. To you. I just wanted to say that. I wrote an article that accompanied the taking uh, Black Pride, right? Yeah. And I said, oh, my brother would be so amazed right here that in the neighborhood where he was shunned yeah. all these years Coming later, right back they didn't ask for that part. They took it yeah. and had a ball. Yeah. And that is that is amazing. Thank you very much for sharing that. And, you know, we live in color in remembrance, but we also live in color with community events. So we have a couple of community events that I want to share with y'all. Um, so one, we got um, in the space, they have they have a singles uh, sip and paint. It's going to be happening. 40% discount. Community members will be putting it out there in the chat. 40% uh, discount to anybody that identifies as queer. It is going to be on the 28th. Uh, can't wait for all of y'all to come. Shout out to in the space. Like, Totally just shared this event, like not this this show nonstop, and we appreciate your support. Um, thank you very much. The next is we got to give it out. Shout out to our Afro Latino community. Hello, 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 somebody. Um, so they have a Latinx Pride, uh, uh, Afro Latinx Pride event at Neighbors. And if you don't know Neighbors, you gotta know Neighbors. Okay, everybody that been to Neighbors, I can't give you the old stories of being Neighbors, but I will be there this weekend. And what they have done is they have gave us 10 complimentary tickets. So if you are interested in those tickets, please feel free to inbox me or and or the first 10 people to write their name in the chat, you get the tickets. Let's try that. You're going to keep the director working over there. <laughs> I'm going to work for you because he looked at me like, what? I, no, let me do it. Uh, go ahead. Write your name in the chat. You will get you will get a ticket. One ticket per person. You can't just be writing your friends' names and all that. That's something that I would do. <laughs> Man, you, you know, they, they're in the comments. They're like, Deontay, you the 30 minutes. Yeah, 30, 30 minutes. And, you know, my friends are probably proud of me because I've already went three minutes over time. But, hey, this is where we're at. 
Um, and I really just appreciate. Hold on. Shout out to Dre because he knows that I say this all the time. Thank you so much for allowing me in the space. Um, and now it's time for everyone to be in the space. And I appreciate you. And um, if people thought that this first episode was something, just wait till the second one. Hello. This is this is good <laughs> stuff. I'm just I'm glad that, that we're finally here. And it's just a reminder to everybody out there that, man, good things take time. Absolutely. And, and this is a society we live in right now. It's so fast and moving and everything else. This takes time. This is two years in the making. Yeah. But it was worth every moment. Every moment. And that moment is now. And I want to thank everybody for coming uh, to We Live in Color today. But just as we're here right now, we're going to be here two weeks from today. And we have a big interview coming. Oh. For the first time, we will have the members of Taking Black Pride in the studio yeah, for that, episode that, two. That would be the first time. And the episode, the episode is called Taking Black Pride and Reclaiming Our Time. So please tune into that. We'll have some, some stuff come out um, in the news feed. But in the meantime, like, share, and subscribe. It's more than just one show here in Converse, so please check us out. But today we are here and we live in color. My name is Deontay Damper. Thank you very much for having me today. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.